0: What is up fam? Welcome back to the World That's Good podcast. Y'all, I am so excited for today. I'm fangirling, honestly, because I am so excited to talk to our guest today. She is a no stranger. You guys have probably seen her, if not worshipped alongside of her. She is in Maverick City. She leads Gyra. I mean, come on. That's huge. She um, has been a part of so many great things through Maverick City. And just she is an incre- incredible, incredible person. She also has a new album out called Journey that is 22 tracks of just great stuff. So I cannot wait to interview her on this new album and also get to know her story more because, like I said, we know her voice, but I can't wait to get to know her. So without further ado, welcome to the Wo That's Go podcast, Naomi Rain. I'm so excited to have you here.
1: Thank you. I'm super excited to be with you. I've been wanting this for many, many moons.
0: Well, okay. we are pumped. The The feeling is very mutual. I was just telling Naomi before she popped on that I saw her at the Kayla Fan Awards and I was like so close to going to introducing myself, but there were so <laughs> many people and I was like, uh, okay, better not. And look at how good God is. It, full circle. Now you're on the podcast and we get more time to talk. So I'm, I'm stoked. Super excited. Well, hey, I asked mm-hmm. um, asked Everybody, the same question when they get on the Well, Let's Go podcast. It's the first question of every podcast. It's a little intimidating, but it's, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given?
1: The best piece of advice I've ever been given is from Kirk Franklin. Let's go. Now, okay, but I do want to preface this by saying, maybe if you ask me, like, three months ago, I would have said something else. But right now, this is the piece of advice That's that I'm right. living on That's right. right now. Um, but it was from Kirk Franklin. And he said, don't ever get so comfortable in who you are that you think that God needs you. Wow! And he was basically saying like, God doesn't need you. He can use anybody. And you just happen to be the one who he's lending songs to now, who he's speaking through right now. He said, but there will come a time in your life and in your career where there will be someone else that comes and you've got to be just already in that mindset that like God can use and choose whoever he wants. And I love that because, and not that I was thinking that I I am the only person I can use, but I think it's so good to set your heart there and yeah. like in gratefulness of like man like this is a blessed moment yeah. and um, this is wonderful but it won't last and yeah. that's okay you know and yep. so whatever's next is next but what's now is now and yeah I'm just loving that advice it's keeping me um, I love that. it's like guardrails you yep. know super nice.
0: That's so good. I remember when my family used to have a TV show and my mom would always say, she was like, hey, y'all, when this is over, it doesn't change anything about who we are. It doesn't change our life. And she talked about how like a lot of people in 15 minutes of fame, if you will, like when they get that, then they start to change everything about who they are. And then when they start to see it ending, they try to grab onto all these different things and do all these different things. And they are actually starting to lose the essence of of who they are, you know, and they actually start to uh, become more empty in the search of trying to gain everything. And my mom would just always encourage us with that. And it was so good because by the time that ended, we all, you know, welcomed in a new season of life and it wasn't less than it was just different than, you know, and you're right. God, God uses different people and God. And I think, you know, sometimes he just, he even uses you just in a different way, you know, in different seasons. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, I actually, I saw a quote, I don't know where you said it, but you're talking about, maybe it was a card chat with Kurt Franklin. And uh, it was a moment where he gave you another piece of advice about just the duality of being a worship leader and an artist. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so mm-hmm. good because that is a hard balance to so, for so many people to find. Um, we actually are starting, um, we're starting a worship band right now. We actually just, by the time this podcast comes out, we'll have released our first EP, which is so exciting. Yes. I know, we've been working on this for like four years so we're pumped but um the the people who are you know doing it with me the artists there's incredible people and they've never done anything like this like their worship has always just been at church it's been in private moments and we Mm -hmm. had this long conversation of like okay how do you you know not feel like you're performing whenever you're leading, you know. How do you like keep it that genuine? And so I wanted to ask you about that, like just that difference of hey, you're a worship leader and you're an artist. I mean, you're leading and it's not a perform. What does that look like?
1: I mean, for me, okay, so boo 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 boo. I think <laughs> when I was younger, I've always been writing songs and I've always been like. I'm saying always, like always is always. But since I was seven, I've been writing wow. and doing music. And um, when I shared them, I found that even when I was sharing a song that wasn't a worship song, it always leaned into worship. It was like, I could be singing a Beyonce song and somehow I'm talking about Jesus at the end. And I'm like, (laughs) you know, like leaning into that. I don't know how that happens, but it was always just a natural bent for me. Like, this is where I go because this is what's in my heart, you know, like I'm just grateful to God, you know? And so I think for me, it's never been separate if yeah. that makes sense. And I'm if I'm honest, when um when Kirk said that to me um at the award show, he was like, Let's go, artist. Like he was really like going in. I was a little confused because I was like, I did nothing but worship God, you know? And I wasn't confused, but you yeah. get what I'm saying? Yeah. I was just worshiping. I think that there's a level of okay. So instead of saying performing, I would say maybe artistry, it's right? Good. Which yeah. To me, I think if I take it away from, like, the performing arts and make it more like yeah. visual arts, I think people can palette, palette it better. Is that a word? Pala- yeah. It's hey, more palatable. It works. Uh, <laughs> it works. I'm going to make up a bunch of words today. I just want They're you to all know. welcome. Just, it's just my creativity. I'm just going for it. Is that okay?
0: Oh, that's totally welcome. I mean, why not okay. make up more words? Let's do it.
1: I promise we'll understand them, but... I feel like if we look at it in terms of the visual arts, we look at a canvas, right? And we could like take paint and splash it and throw it on at the canvas. And that would be beautiful, right? And that that has a space in terms of what is art and what, what we've given yeah. to, to the Lord. Let's say this was a picture we were painting for the Lord. But I think there's something else when you take time and actually paint, A subject. Right. And you're going in and maybe you you start on the sketch or the outline of it and then you come back in and fill it in with color and then you come back again and start shadowing. And now there's greater detail. One is not more valuable than the other. It's just that one shows, number one, a level of skill and time that was put into it there's a yeah. there's an attention and a focus and a detail and i think that artistry and creativity has been vilified in the church mm. for a long time mm. because i think that we we know that when we see something good we can start to worship ourselves right, right. you know as if like we like that it's all us and I think that I think that there's a space for that even too. And I'm not, I'm not like this. And this is why I feel like the Lord is bringing me out of like, you know, like kind of like false humility and like, Oh, I'm nothing. Like you're not nothing. There's a level of time, skill and energy that's been put into this, that you're now crafting this for the father. It's a gift to him. If I was making my, my parents a meal, I wouldn't just throw them something together. I would make it I would put my energy into it and put my heart into it so that it would be beautiful, not acceptable because he accepts even the splash paint and the throne together um, thing. And this is what I believe about our worship, if that, if that makes, makes sense. Makes so much sense, right? yeah. Um, but I think there is something to crafting, putting together yeah. that sculpting and making sure you get all. And and so there's skill, there's um Rehearsal, there's time and practice put into it. Um, so to answer the question, I love it. After I've said all of I that, love it. I think, I think that the performance aspect is more the artistry. It's the it's the presentation. Yeah, you know, it's not putting it on a on a garbage lid. It's putting it on a. A plate, yeah. maybe not a paper plate, which is my new single that just um, dropped. It's uh, so <laughs> good. Like, yeah. it's not about. It's like a shameless plug, <laughs> but, like it's, it's about like presentation, and I think that some of us believe that worship. If, especially if it's spontaneous, if, if we haven't like that, it comes from nowhere. I think that there's still a level of like, oh no, I bring everything that I have yeah. and I lay it down at his feet, it's good, you know? And I lastly want to say this. I'm sorry. I know. Oh, we're talking keep a lot, talking. But, it's good. But I think, you know, the whole Cain and Abel yep. thing, right? Like Cain brought a sacrifice that, that God did not ask for. Yep. Abel brought what, what, what was acceptable. Um, and I think that, acceptable is different than like uh skillful yeah. and excellent. Wow. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I think that we can start to think that because it is something that is beautifully prepared and worked on that it's no longer acceptable because it's fleshly. But in my Bible, God says that he created the heavens and the earth. And then he said, it is good. Yeah. I think there's something to making something and going, wow, that's yeah. good. You know, Um, and so I don't know. I think that I think I'm trying to and I'm not saying I'm there all the way. It's where I'm trying to get to a space where I'm not completely judging what I give to him. It's not for me. It's for him. And I'm hoping that it is acceptable. But because Jesus blood was shed it's acceptable. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? I don't have to worry about that anymore about being rejected. All right, I'm about to get into a Come whole
0: on. thing. Come on. Hey girl, you do not have to stop here. Everybody is loving this. <laughs> I know people listening are like, yes. And I just love how you lay out even just worship. Like, and you're going to so many different places in the Bible and it's so, it's so meaningful to you. It's so real to you. And I also love how you said you can worship to Beyonce and somehow it ends with Jesus. Cause You'll love this. So we were recently just in a small friend group circle and worshiping and I'm not a worship leader. I was just worshiping in the circle. And it's just my friends. And so I was about to take us into another song based off of where we were at. And I just start singing I was I was so serious. I was just I thought it was a worship song and it just came out. I was like, the way you hold me, hold me. And I start singing Justin Bieber holy. And it was so funny. And I like I was just singing like eyes so close, singing and someone just starts laughing and saying, are you singing Justin Bieber? And I was like, oh my gosh, I totally am singing Justin Bieber. But I was just worshiping. And I think when you have a heart posture to worship, it's just like, man, like just it just comes out of you. Like wh- Whatever you're talking about, whatever it is, somehow it ends in Jesus. Whatever you're even hearing yeah. and listening to, somehow it relates to Jesus. And it's so cool when you have the eyes to see that. You see it. It's awesome. I love it. So obviously, yeah. you have just a, a huge heart for, for worship in general. I've thought so much about this. So tell me where all that was birthed. I mean, you said at seven years old, you're already writing songs. Um, what, what was that like when you were young? Did you know that this was kind of the calling on your life? Or were you just kind of doing it for fun?
1: No, I knew it forever. But I don't but I still loved it, if that made sense. Like yeah. I never felt forced at all. I just felt like what this is the family business? Like we just, yeah. you know, I imagine if like I grew up on a farm or something, and you yeah. know, this is what we did if we sold eggs and whatever in order to make money. Like then you would just be getting like I don't know what it is. Is these do I don't know anything about farms, <laughs> getting the eggs, right, I, getting I the imagine, milk.
0: Yes, we got a little farm in our house. Oh yeah, milk, yeah, the, milk cows, the cow, right?
1: Like I'm like I would be doing all of that stuff because that's just the family business. My parents our worship leaders, songwriters, singers, their cool. artists, cool. they've always been since the, my my mom was carrying me and they were traveling and singing all over the world. And so this is just what I grew up into and I was like, I feel like I had no choice and I got this honestly. You know? Awesome. Um, I grew up in rehearsals. I watched my parents writing songs and working on them and rehearsing. They sang together in a duo cool. um, and they led worship at church. And so I grew up with at-home rehearsals, it is not um, foreign. It was not foreign for my brother and I to have the TV on like 100 because my parents were downstairs singing and <laughs> rehearsing their That's songs. Awesome. And so I remember like they used to um, sing a lot of one style of music. And then I remember when they started the song, this is the air I breathe. Come on. This is the air of your only breath. I was like, wait, what? This is different. That is what, like, it started to bring me in. So I'd be washing the dishes and listening to them rehearse and be like in a full worship moment with the Lord and just like encountering him. And so I grew up around it and That's I always awesome. knew that like, this is what I wanted to do. That doesn't mean I didn't have a plan B, C and yeah. D, but thank God I didn't need to do those. <laughs> um, but yeah, I always knew that this was my life, my That's calling cool. and, um, and i just always loved it.
0: That's awesome. So speaking of plan B, C, and D, I did read somewhere that you went to culinary school, which maybe that's why palata- palatable, was that the word? It was on your mind because <laughs> yes. you know how to put together a plate. So so how did that happen? Like, And where did this shift from like, okay, I'm in culinary school. Now I'm like back to leading worship. What was that season of your life like?
1: <laughs> Honestly, I was pregnant with my daughter, April, and I was staying home more often. And then I think through the season that I had her, maybe the first six months of having her, all I watched was the Food (laughs) Network. Same. That was it. Sadie, it was really bad. (laughs) And I realized, I was like, oh, I love that. I like that. I started to go out and just, so cooking, like, I'd always loved to cook, but it wasn't like something I actually thought I could do. I think that me going to culinary school was me proving to myself that I could do something that I was afraid of, you know, like... You can do this and you can learn how to do this and put yeah. it together and create what you see when you go to a restaurant or what you're seeing on this TV yeah. because this is all you're doing. I don't think that my daughter watched Dora until way later. Like there were no <laughs> kids shows, there was just Food Network, um, Bobby Flay, yes. like everybody, Rachel Ray all That's day and awesome. night. And I I went to culinary school and I learned how to cook and I I decided that I would never work in a restaurant when I did my externship. Um, and it was just so fast-paced. Yeah. I like I wanted to do, like, corporate dining yeah. or um, catering. I would do that. Maybe I would have my own restaurant. And so, like, create the, yeah. the meals and have someone else cook. But <laughs> me as, like, the sous chef or the... No, mm-hmm. uh-uh, not mm-hmm.
0: working. Okay, well, exactly. not to get, like, too spiritual. But, again, if you have the see. But do you see a lot of correlation with just what you were doing there in the kitchen and worship? Because, I mean, even with what you were saying at the beginning about um, the, the artwork that it is, the putting together, and even the putting together of a plate and the creativity of what you're making and then offering it to someone as, as a gift, I mean, I feel like it's so spiritual.
1: A hundred percent. I learned, um, and I'll just take you through some of the, First of all, the way that they run kitchens, like that whole methodology is very mm-hmm. military-like. So you need to come, you need to have your uniform on, hmm. shoes, top to bottom. I'm talking about hat, tie, you know, and everything. Ha- then they check you. You line wow. up in the morning and you have to be on time. You cannot be late. Um, you line up in the morning and the chef inspects your your outfit wow. because it's a safety thing. It's literally like armor for you you know and so you have to have two side towels and and an apron on and all of that and it has to be tied correctly because if it's tied too loosely somebody can trip and fall slip and fall like the kitchen is a very dangerous place and so you have to be sure that you have that you have. We got a knife kit, right? And so we had all of our knives, and you you have to sharpen the knives. You have to make sure that your tools are ready. Wow. There's so much prep. They call it mise en place, right? So like before you even start cooking, you have to have everything in place that you need. You wow. know how we cook at home when we like we're making something and then we yes. go like when you need green peppers, then you yep. cut them up and then throw them in, and then it's like oh I need milk, and so you run into the. <laughs> that's not <laughs> this is the case in culinary school like everything is in place so that when you're cooking you're not waiting yeah. because procedure is king procedure wow. is king even over ingredients wow. and so think about it like this so when you make cookies you're supposed to cream the butter and the sugar together first in order for it to come out and to be the batter consistency of a cookie. And if you don't do that, what you find is that you can't even put it together to really form yeah. the cookies. When you put it in the oven, the the ingredients don't mix together. And so what I found in life is that, and the Lord was teaching me through culinary school, that procedure mm-hmm. and process and the way you do things are even more important than the actual all ingredients, right. you know? And so like now I'm gluten-free and so I know I can swap out all this flour for almond flour or that I might mean I need mean to add a little other, you know, something else. Um, but the ingredients don't even fully matter. It's the process and the procedure in order to get the product that we would go, oh, that's a cookie, Come on. and not just some slimy weird thing.
0: Yeah that, that's so good and that is the problem because whenever I'm making cookies like homemade I'll be like oh well, it doesn't really matter if you do that first but it does matter it does matter every little thing matters that's why you got to that's why you got to do it right and so that is so true especially just in life and, and ministry and all the things like the things that we were doing now uh, a lot of people might think oh it just happens but no this is 5 years in the making this is you know a lot of prep work before you yeah. actually see the the end result and not even the end result so you even get started half the time um so so talk to me about the process for you because you put out a song um pour me out and that song led to some incredible things so talk about the the journey of putting out that song and kind of what it led to
1: pour me out was such a special moment i don't know if you had these experiences but you ever been, like, writing a song and you know, like, oh, this is a God thing? I don't know what he's doing, but it's God. There was a song I worked on with a rapper, and I wrote, like, a bridge to it. Um, And I asked him, I was like, hey, I really feel like this is a worship song. Like, can I just take this piece? You know, I wrote it, but I just wanted to be like, can I take this and write to it? So I remember one day I went and sat in my living room. Nobody was home. My husband had the kids out at my mother-in-law's house. And I sat there and I wrote, pour me out. Just said, pour me out, pour me out. All I am is yours. All I am is yours. And it seemed so simple. Like, is that it? Um, wrote the second part. And then I sent it to my friend. I was like, hey, we have to do this. I mean, from the moment that I first it, wow. it literally like, everybody was like, oh, we need this. There were videos. It was going viral. I went to um the doves. And, and when I say this, I'm not saying it like, like, we need everything to go viral in order for it to be important. Yeah. But the way that the Lord was using it was like, oh, no, this is something that's yeah, bigger than it's you. Cool. It's bigger than New City, because that's where I'm from. It's bigger than this region. Like, I want to do something with you. So I went out to the Dove Awards to a, like, a new artist showcase, and they asked me to sing it there. And the Lord told me, bring your guitar and I'm like, wow. why? Because they just were, they were actually wanting to listen to the song. So I was supposed to stand there while they mm-hmm. listened to it and just explain or answer any questions they had. But the we were like, break we the guitar. And I didn't fight him, I broke the guitar. And so as the song kind of got to the end, like we just all kind of went to worship. Now I was able to like play and continue to worship. And that moment ended up a moment that, that kind of went viral in the gospel community. And then Todd Delaney was like, I want to record this song. That literally was like the beginning of what we see now. Wow. And I'm just like, how does stuff like that happen? Because it was so random. Even the fact that I was so going, cool. I I didn't even like sign up to go. Somebody was like, hey, wow. you know, like the Lord was like, hey, do this. And I didn't want to, but I feel like in those moments of obedience, he allowed the music to get. Out. Ultimately, it wasn't. So that I could have a career. It wasn't for that. It was like, oh, I want to do something or this is what I'm calling you to and this is what I want to do. And so I'm gonna do what I need to do to get you to that place and that position. And it literally like snowball from there. And I'm still What? Like, yeah. How did this happen? I would have just been home watching the food network.
0: hey that is crazy and that butter analogy is honestly so good because it's true it wasn't meant to be in the microwave and so many people in our generation want to put everything in the microwave they want to speed the process up they want to make it happen fast except for that is not the way that you get a good cookie you let it sit out and you let it get to room temperature a natural process. You got to wait. You got to wait on it. Yes. And so waiting on the Lord in those moments for for God to uh, mature you in such a way that you're even ready to make the cookie. God, that, that analogy could go so far. It's so good. I love it. And yeah, your life has been crazy since. So, you, so after that, that's how you got connected to Mav City. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. And so when you got to be a part of Mav City, did you just jump all in? Because you've sang some big songs at Mav City. Uh, my brother, no joke, my brother. Uh he's, he's adopted, but he was adopted when he was two weeks old. So he is my brother through and through. He has a massive tattoo on his leg that says JIRA because that song means so much to him. So, um, I mean, like we yeah. just love Map City. I mean, I've listened to it in some of the hardest times of the past few years for me, some of the greatest times of the past few years for me. Um, th- those have just been our songs. And so when you got to be a part of that, what were those songs to you? And how, how did that process start?
1: Yeah. I mean, so I was there from the beginning so that I was there before it was Maverick City. And so I think I. That was another one of those processing waiting like to see, like, is this legit or what is this? Because we didn't actually plan for this to be any of this. It was a product, a a publishing company. So it was more about writing songs and working together. And so we sang. At first, um, after being invited to like a worship set, myself, Dante Bo, Chandler Moore, Althea Eugene, we were all singing and writing. And then Tony, who was the founder of Maverick, he was like, hey, do you want to record a wow, So we I just didn't know that. sang songs and that became Maverick City Volume 1. We had gotten, like, so before we even wow. had a name, we didn't have anything. We were just singing songs and worshiping. Um, Chandler and I we sang our first duet we wrote the song and sang it like within two days you're welcome in this place I sang I am loved Dante did real thing wow. if I'm not mistaken and um what is that oh I won't let go I won't let- i see you i so um they're just like a bunch of songs that happened like in that moment and so it just kind of spiraled and um I don't know how I got on the big songs except <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Um, I do know that, you know, there are moments, once you kind of right. know people and what kind of moments right. they can maybe steward or, or carry that, they're just like, hey, you want to do this, you want to do that. But honestly, everything is very equal opportunity. Everybody gets an opportunity to come to the table. And some songs just it's awesome. come up and they, they become the thing. And this is... In my mind, I'm like, this is all chance, even though I'm not that silly. I know God <laughs> is right. working and moving, and there's something specific he wants us to do. But when I see songs like Gyra and Promises and what God has done with them, I'm wow. like.
0: Wow. It's so cool. Wonderful. Girl, it's so cool. Well, it what's awesome about Mav City, too, is that it is such a collective of voices. Like, it, that – to me is so powerful that it's not about one person and that makes it feel like such a move of god and you're right like certain people are just right to steward that moment and you steward those songs so well i mean you lead so well it's really cool so let's talk about this new album because this is so exciting and this is your album 22 tracks like what that is that is so good and so tell me about this tell me about how it came up journey this this little literal journey that it was to even write some of these songs? Tell me about the car chats, all of it. I just love it.
1: So journey, I started in 2016. And it was because the Lord said to me, I was in prayer one day, and I said one of those really corporate prayers. I was like, God, whatever you want to do, <laughs> I trust you. And you you have yep. the final say. Like, it was one of those prayers. And the Lord was like, okay, so when are you going to tell yeah. me how you feel? And I was like, no, I feel that like you can do all things but fail. You are more yep. than You know, I was just like doing a corporate prayer. And he was like, no. He said, Naomi, you're still wearing a loincloth wow. in my presence. And we were never meant to be that way. You're still covered and you're still praying from a place of Whoa. shame. And so that took me out. He was like dealing with my worship. He was like, you're worshiping from shame. You're still covered up. You're not being real, 100% vulnerable Dang. and transparent. And let's work on it. And so I started to write those songs then. And so for me, like Jyra, those songs are like, um, and I had an album called Mm. Back to Eden. And really it was supposed to be a double album, like Mm. Journey Back to Eden. So They were supposed to go together because the songs on Journey are like Mm. the BTS of those worship moments that we might see that are more maybe public or corporate worship. Um, And to me, Journey is a worship album. It's just not the genre. It's the actual walking through things with the Lord. And so I spent a lot of time in my car Mm. talking to the Lord
0: and whoever else (laughs) would listen
1: uh, about the process that the Lord was taking me through. And I wanted to put that on the album in between the songs, because I know that. And you probably know this too, because you're on this podcast as well. And so you're talking a lot and people can misconstrue something you say, no matter how much you say something, they can twist it, turn it to mean whatever they want it to mean. And I wanted to give as much context for some of these songs as possible, because I think when you're in the process of figuring things out, like imagine reading the book of Ecclesiastes and not being all the way okay with Jesus, you could really like fall away because it's so like, Oh no! It's like everything is vanity. Everything is meaningless. It's like no, you know, if you're not solid, you could get lost. And so I wanted. I feel like this album is like an Ecclesiastes type of album, um, and it needed context. And so I needed to put my voice on there at saying some of the process. And I think with inflection and with tone, you can kind of hear where some things are still questions where some things are solid and I'm sure. And I just thought that it was the most responsible thing I could do as somebody who technically, yeah. I'm a faith leader, you know, like you're a leader in this space and people are influenced by you. And I just wanted to be yeah responsible with the platform.
0: That's so good. I love it. Well, I think that it's so important because I love how you said this isn't supposed to be like, a perfect album, and wrap a bow on it. It's not supposed to be the, you know, God, you're so good. Like, yes, He's so good, and yes, let's talk about His goodness, but let's also talk about like the reality of what we're walking through right now and how it's hard, and and how do we find His goodness in this? And I think the starting the conversation of that it just deepens people's faith because if you avoid the hard conversations, that doesn't, I mean, that doesn't make you any more intimate with with God. That doesn't make you any more close to his goodness and i love uh it was so funny i was watching you and priscilla in the car chats and she said you can't just listen and just enjoy this album she was like you you're gonna be sitting with this and you're gonna be like oh lord like you can't just enjoy it and and it's so true it's like yes you enjoy it and you could be like jamming your dance and you're like this is so good and then you're like oh wait a second hold up like that just hit me And, like, I think in life, like, we need those hold on, wait a minute moments. Like, let's talk about this. Let's deal with this. Let's lean in a little bit further. So I just, I I love it. Was there a song that that you were writing in this that you felt like more of a wrestle than the others that you're like, okay, this one's actually kind of hard? Or or was it all just a process?
1: It was all a process, but honestly, there's Hmm. choosing myself and still alone. At first it was one song, so they went into one another and choosing myself was Mm -hmm. really a conversation that I was having with me. When I realized that I had become someone else, I became who I thought I needed to be, to be, like to just literally be and live and show up as a wife and a mom and a friend and a daughter. I had become something else. And I was, and as the Lord was taking me on this journey, he was like, hello, Mm -hmm. but this is who you actually are. And some of this is not good, and you need to accept it so that you can move forward. And some of this is amazing, and this is who I made you to be. But you've tried to tame that and pull that back so you mm-hmm. can be more palatable yep. to um, people and and what they want. And so I had to confront right. myself, and so that was one of the hardest songs I think to release.
0: Because, and and
1: not to write, because I literally got into my studio and just sang that thing through. So I literally like sang it out and wrote it that way. I did not write it down. Um, I had to go back and transcribe it after. And I'm telling you, and then still alone, I did take a little bit more time on, but that one was like, I literally like sang through it. It was a lot for me to release it because it almost, I'm like, oh God, are people going to think I'm (laughs) schizophrenic? You know, or, you know, are they going to think that I'm crazy? I'm not crazy, but this is the process. I'm having to choose myself and not me in a selfish way, like self and flesh. Choose who I actually am and choose to show up as that and hope that people will still love me, accept me, like me, you know, because I don't want to be unliked and I don't want to live for the rest of my life. You yeah. know, when people saying you change or you used to be this way and, you know, and now you're not. That was difficult. But if I'm honest, yeah, it's, it's cool. the thing I'm most proud Come of on. now for myself. I'm like, <laughs> I did it. And yep. I have to pretend. And I didn't just let the Lord do the process internally. I let That's people good. know I'm different now. And it's because I'm going back to who I truly am and who God's made me to be.
0: That is so good. What a great message. And I, I totally can relate to that because I write books. And so when I write a book, sometimes you're writing stuff and you're like, oh, this is like so easy to write, but how am I ever going to let anybody else read this? You know, because this is like so exposing. And what I've found, and, and I actually gave advice to someone else for this because they, they came to me like sitting about to put out a book, but it's like all my things. And I'm like, oh, and then people are going to think this and that. And I said, to be honest, what I've found with people reading my books is no one, well, I mean, I'm not going to say no one, And probably some people are like, oh, Sadie, no, but some people might be like that. But for the most part, people do not read something like that or listen to something like that and say, oh, Naomi struggled with that and she thinks this. They say, oh, my gosh, I'm the same way or I can relate or wow, like that's my story. And people people begin to see themselves in your story because when people come to listen to your music, of course yeah. they love your music, but they're listening for for them, you know, which isn't a bad thing. Like when you're in the car listening to songs, like I'm not thinking, of, mm-hmm. oh, this is so-and-so. I'm thinking, man, I needed this you know and so when you're willing to be vulnerable enough to put yourself out there it's amazing that people aren't like oh that's it's not about you it's about God it's about what God's doing in their lives is about it's about their story becoming better so I just love it um, you have a song called brand new and this quote is so good I made up my mind that even if I never find the fairy tale ending it's just a chapter. And I just thought it was so good because so many people are like looking for the fairy tale ending and like on this search for this. And um, I think a lot of that probably is because of social media, you know, because everything a lot of times looks like a fairy tale. And if your life doesn't look like a fairy tale, then what's wrong with your life, you know? How do you how do you you know own right. where you're at and not not microwave the butter to get to, to get to the good stuff?
1: I think it's trusting.
0: That's good. The
1: history. I think you have you have to start from an initial place of trust, you know, so that you can get the actual cookie the way it's supposed to be. Um, sometimes it comes from failure where you try to make the cookie <laughs> yeah. and it's like greasy and like burnt on the ends and not good. And so you realize, OK, wait, maybe I did something wrong. Let me try it again. You know, um, but for me, it is that it's like, oh, this works. This doesn't work. Um, and every day that line good. gets me when I listen to back to the music, um, that line always gets me because it's difficult. I think every day I yeah. need my mind renewed <laughs> to remember like, okay, Jesus, whatever you have for me is, is what will be. And it doesn't have to be like what I see in someone else's life. I'm actually living my dreams, you know, like I'm literally living in the fulfillment of everything, and I didn't want much. All I wanted to do yeah. was sing, I, and I think I added on the end. I was like, "But Lord, can <laughs> I make a little money too so I can take care of my family?" Yeah. Yeah. Like that was like the like, you know. But even if I can't, I just want to be able to sing and it's use good. my gifts to glorify you. Is that when people see me, they really look at you. That's all that I wanted. And when I think about the bad things that are going on in my life. I'm still like reminded of like, yeah. oh no, like this is yeah. actually still a great story and good. I'm going to be okay, you know?
0: That's great. So I know there was a moment in your life I heard somewhere um, and I might botch this because I don't know a lot about this, but it's like you had a moment where you had, um, was it polyps or something on your vocal cords? Okay. So that's obviously one of those moments where it's a chapter yeah. of life that's so hard and it's coming at like the thing that you're gifted to do and you're called to do. Like, take us to that, because so many people that might not be what they have, but they have something that is coming like directly at what God has called them to do. And that's confusing when that happens, you know. But
1: Sadie, here's the thing. Remember the story I told you when you asked about Pour Me Out and like how it got me through. So in the midst of that, I got diagnosed with those polyps, And I was it was so painful to sing. I went to voice therapy. And she was like, sometimes we can, you know, use therapy to get piles down, but you need surgery. I went to the ENT. I went, I did all the things that were like, yeah, you need surgery. You can't sing for this amount of time. So we're gonna schedule it for here. I was distraught. Do you understand? Because I'm like, how is this gonna happen? I hate the idea of this. Don't put a knife to my vocal cords. This is all I have. Um but the Lord used that season to help me take my identity out of singing, right? But this is what happened: when my surgery was scheduled was the day, the same day that I had gone to that Dove Showcase.
0: No way. Yes, and I <laughs>
1: and when you brought it up, I was like, "Oh my goodness, I forgot the testimony." That's how you know God is good. You forget, you know, like when you don't even have to be worried or thinking about wow. it. He's like, brought me through so much. I was oh supposed my to be getting surgery. And I, in faith, the Lord was like, what are you going to do? He asked me, he said, what are you going to do? And I was like, "Oh my God!" okay, I'm going to go here. And I believe you're going to heal me. I went there. I did the things. I ended up going to um, a service. Somebody prayed for me. It was like, honestly, <laughs> it was like a terrible prayer. And it was like, <laughs> it was like one of those like, Lord, heal her both of <laughs> words. Amen. I was like, you Name like wait, like I need you to really pray hard for me. When I tell you, I went back to the because my voice started feeling a little better and I was like, Oh, let me go back to the ENT and just check. I didn't think anything happened. When they went back and checked no. my vocal cords, the polyps were gone. Oh my gosh. I'm telling you, like a miracle. I never had to get surgery. I never had those vocal problems again. I know it was literally a stumbling Come block like faith test. And I'm telling you, and that's a, that's a miracle that I should really talk about more often, but I don't even remember when exactly it happened because I still had a little bit of struggle after that prayer. It wasn't like my voice just instantly. I don't know when God did it, but I know he did it.
0: Come on. Okay. Okay. You really should talk about that more. You should definitely talk about that more. That is so cool. But, but you're also right in the sense of like, you know, God is good when you forget. Cause that is so true. Like, okay. Like I actually was talking to a friend this morning at breakfast. We were talking about a situation that just happened to me and it probably should have like made me more upset, but I was like, I'm actually like, I actually kind of forgot it. happened. I was telling like one of my best friends about it. And I said, did I tell you this happened to me? And she was like, How did you not tell me that? And I was like, see, you know what's crazy is I think that that is just showing how, like, Deeply in the presence of God, I am right now because the similar thing happened to me last year, and that is all I could talk about for two months. And then it happened this year, and I I forgot. Like I literally didn't even tell one of my best friends. And I was like, you know, that is when you see that God is good. And sometimes God does just, you know, He really does like heal you so much in that moment that you're like, okay, moving on. That's that's good. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. <laughs> We're moving forward. But then, but then there is something too. Being like, no, let me testify for a second. Cause listen to what God just did. Like that's so cool.
1: Okay, because I'm over here really encouraged. Like, I needed to remember that, and if you didn't say that, I
0: probably would not be this happy right now. Come on. I love it. I love it. We prayed that joy would come to people, and it's coming. Well, I want to ask you about this, because this is so good. You, you said this with Priscilla on that car chat I listened to, which, by the way, for those listening, if you haven't listened to her car chats, you can find it on her Facebook and her YouTube page, and they are so good. I mean, it truly makes you feel like you're your best friend, like, and like, oh yeah, we're just hanging, we're just chilling, and because me and Priscilla actually are friends, I felt like I was in this. Moment. I was like laughing at Priscilla's dances and everything. But you said to her, and it was like this epiphany when you said it. You said, If you love me, obey me. And you're talking about that with the Lord. And you said, I think that might be the greatest gift we have. Like if we obey, if we love him, we obey him. And that might be the greatest gift. And I was like, you know what? That's a cool, that's just a cool thought. And we don't talk about that a lot. So I wanted to bring that up. And I want you to just talk about that for a minute of what it looks like to just be, to walk in obedience with the Lord and the blessing that it brings.
1: Yeah, and I, I just think the Lord has proven to me over time that the best thing for me to do is obey. And so, you know, some people, they believe in the father, the son and the Holy Bible, right? They don't necessarily believe in the Holy spirit. And the fact that he is a gift Jesus gives to us, he convicts the world of sin, but he also teaches us. He's the paraclete that comes alongside of us to guide us and to lead us to where we need to go. And um, that Proverbs is it Proverbs 3, 4 through 6, yeah. which is like, um, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge yeah. him and he will direct your path. I think obedience is the quickest way to be in the will of the father, to be used according to your purpose. You know, like we you know there are vessels that he just uses, he says, these are vessels that that are for sacred use and (laughs) these are maybe not so of sacred use. And we just get to be exactly who he's called us to be. And I think that when we are disobedient and not connected to him, it is hard for us to live a life of fulfillment and um, live in the fullness of everything that he's called us to. And I, it was an epiphany in that moment because I've always read that scripture of like, if you love me, you'll obey me of this thing of like, I have to do because this was going yeah. to be what helps me be accepted to him. But then I think in that moment, and in that context, I started to think about how my obedience to him isn't just yeah.
0: for yeah. me. It's, it's
1: for others, you know, and I think about how one man sin and sin entered the earth. But then one man died and like freedom, it came to everyone. And I think if we're following and trying to be like Christ, we get to be like that That's one good. man and love and be obedient to him and not continue in sin. But make this thing that kind of pushes back a lot of the evil in the darkness of, of the world.
0: It's good. You I know. love that. And you know what? You said this just a second ago whenever you were talking about how you saw that scripture and how you interpreted it. And isn't it crazy? Because y- you actually mentioned this in the car chat, too. You were like, if if God actually loved me the way sometimes I view God loves me, then it would be a sad praise. You, no, you said, if, if God loved me the way that I love me, it would be a sad praise. And I was like, that is so true because sometimes be like difference. i think what we perceive what we would think god would be saying because that's how we would say it then we start to think that god's disappointed or god thinks da da da, or god thinks we're not enough or god and that that's just not true that's so far from true and i i get like that too like um i had a moment the other day where i just didn't have time like i didn't get up early enough to have time to just spend with the lord but then i went to work and all day long I I honestly Mm -hmm. sat with the Lord because I was working on messages and I was working on uh, prep and all this different kind of stuff. And I was reading the word and I was like, at the end of the day, I was so mad at myself for not getting up. And I felt like the Lord was disappointed in me. And I'm like, what is my, like, I like that. God is not like, well, you missed me this morning. Like as if he was waiting on me and I ditched him for breakfast whenever it's like, no, we spent all day together. And I think sometimes it's like, we need to make sure that we're checking ourselves whenever we're putting something on God. That's something that God never put on himself. That's something that God would never say. God would never do outside of his character. Um, well, I, I I love this chat. This is so good. Um, I'm so excited for people to hear this, and I'm so excited for people who are listening to go listen to Journey, um, her new album. And like she mentioned, this this whole Journey in this album is a process. It's a process of her emotions and things she's thinking about, things she's worshiping through. And I just know it's gonna bless all of you guys to take the time to go listen. Uh, so excited for y'all to dive into all of that. And Naomi, thank you for just being a great example to so many people. Thank you for leading us in worship. You've literally led global, worship and that is something that I'm so grateful God put on your life to do because it's blessed me in so many moments and I'm so grateful for this album continue doing all that you're doing and we are cheering you on as loud as we can
1: thank you so much I appreciate you I could talk to you forever
0: and this was so nice to be a part of I love
1: this like thank you